expanding the Nerdosphere, talking about everything you want to hear. From comics to cosplay, from the cinematic universe to fan films, and everything in between. It's time to get down and nerdy. Here are your hosts, James Witham and Nick Pataglia. Episode 52 of Down and Nerdy is upon us, and we are expanding into realms that have been explored more than a Kardashian vacation video. <laughs> yes, although those realms of Kim Kardashian have been, well, uh, for lack of a better term, they've been searched more than once, I'll say that, by a variety of different people. Well, these crevices that we'll be exploring are a lot less scary. I'm James with them alongside... <laughs> The Merc with one arm, Nick Pataglia. And what we're really talking about is we made a couple of big announcements on Facebook.com slash Down and Nerdy today, not today, but in the last few days, where not only have we expanded into RSS feeds, but now, Nick, we are on iTunes. Yes, that's our big announcement we've been teasing for a while, actually, actually about early about this week. And uh, no, it's really cool. Um, we're finally on iTunes. It's a big, big accomplishment we here at Down Here have made. And you know, people probably say, well, why didn't you make the jump sooner? Well, as most podcasts go, honestly, we didn't know how long we'd be doing this. <laughs> and you know what? That, and that's fair. You know what? For anybody that's listening to thinking that we were, you know, planning on going on forever, you just don't know when you start something like this, how successful it's going to be and how many people are actually going to care and want to listen to it. And it's because of you guys that we've decided, hey, you know, we're going to make this move and go on iTunes. So now we're available on SoundCloud. We're available on RSS feed, which you can subscribe to. We're available on iTunes. Now you can subscribe to us there. It's just it's so many avenues now where you can actually catch the show. And we're also available via the direct download link as well as we post on our Facebook page, facebook.com slash down nerdy when we post new episodes each week. But no, like I said, going back to what I said, you know, we talked, I talked to Matt Slay, who's going to be on next week's show, actually. So we're excited about that. And he you know, he said one of the great things is, like I said, people and about podcasting is it's, it's you can reach new mediums, new people. But he also said a lot of people don't realize that when they get into podcasting that it does become a job. It does oh, become yeah. a hobby. And that, he said you'll see people like do like five or six episodes and then that's it. You know, but hey, we're in this for a long haul, and you know we have a great show lined up for people this week, James, as well. Yeah, we're very excited. We have Courtney Lynn and Champ Brandon Champ Robinson from the Harley Quinn fan film series. You might have seen it on YouTube. We posted it on the Facebook page a number of times. We're excited to just dive in, and you know. As our interviews go, and they are not even prepared for this at all, we're going to have a lot of those off-the-wall questions that guys like Cullen Bunn said, where did you guys <laughs> come up with this? I got yep. a couple of uh, doozies that I don't know if they're going to be ready for or not. We'll see. Uh, I'll leave those to you, sir. I will leave those directly to you. Also, we can't say who, but we also got a big interview lined up in April, James. Let me tell you. Not And not to disparage any of our other guests, because we've had a lot of wonderful people on the show. Uh, this is the big one, people. This is the start of something very, very huge. And we are going to be teasing this a lot on yes. Facebook and on Twitter. Trust me, this is going to be the one you're going to want to gather your friends in the room for, because it's it's that huge. Well, all our interviews want to gather your friends in the room for. And like I said, I'm we're thankful for that... Uh, you know, these people from the Harley Quinn um, web series are coming on today. I can't wait to just talk about, you know, because the thing is, Harley Quinn has been one of those characters, kind of like Deadpool, who's gotten very, very popular within the past oh, few yeah. years. So it's kind of, you know, it's just some questions I'm thinking about right now, just, you know, what we're going to be asking them and everything else. And, you know, and, and it's going to be really interesting to see how they're taking the spin on a popular DC character, especially one that, you know, has a lot of iterations too, you know. And here's the deal. It's a good show. Yes. If yes. you've actually watched it already and, and you're already a huge fan, we're huge fans too. I mean, it's only one episode in and I'm like, hey, where's episode two? That's going to be one of my first questions. Yeah. Where's episode two? When's it happening? Just so much stuff that they can explore, especially like you said, the avenue that they've taken a little bit different spin. We'll get into that a little bit later on. We've also got another brand new show that came out this week. The PlayStation Network decided to leak Powers Episode 1 early on YouTube, and we'll be reviewing that in this week in Geektainment coming up. Yeah, I'm, you know, I just finished uh, Powers a couple days ago, and yeah, I mean, the first episode is up on YouTube to watch for free. The rest, of course, are going to be on PlayStation Network. We'll dive into that as more, but I want to get into 
my weekend because I had a very nerdtastic weekend, James. I saw. <laughs> I I saw Chappie on I believe it was Friday or Saturday. Um, I can't remember, but I saw Chappie. Now here's the thing. Why am I talking about Chappie? Well, the thing is, a lot of people are talking about, is it Short Circuit? You know, is it a copy of that? You know, we also remember Neil Blomkamp, his next film he's going to be directing is the Aliens film. So right. this is, you know, I wanted to see this to kind of get an idea. And again, yes, a lot of the same Blomkamp tropes are there. It does take place in South Africa. Um, you know, the government is kind of the equal, the evil person in the film. But the thing with the film is, as you know, it's gotten thirty percent around tomatoes. People are not liking it. The thing is, it wasn't that bad of a film. I actually enjoyed it because my thing is this: is it like short circuit, short circuit two? Yes, in some cases. But the thing is, with the writing, it's, that's what it comes down to me with the writing is when you can make me feel for an AI robot the same way I'd feel for a human. That is good writing. It's a good way to tear uh, tear at your heartstrings in a sense. And, you know, while I was watching this, a lot of people were saying, well, he's an asshole, you know, Chappie's just a prick, and he's just like a teenage kid. Yeah, because who he's, because because as they say in the movie, when he first has the AI thing. Sorry, um, Nick just went down, went down a pipe. He'll be right I back. Did. I did. I really did. <laughs> um, but, uh, no, so, when, you know, it's, he's grown up with these gangsters, these thugs, and so... As they explain in the movie, he starts off with this whole AI thing as a child. So when you're a child and you're surrounded by, you know, these certain gangsters and groups of people, you're going to act and be that kind of person. Whereas when he's with Dev Patel's character, he's the nicer, you know, smarter, uh, more grounded person. But then we see later in the movie, of course, Hugh Jackman's in it. He plays this guy who's kind of like that, you know, I have this kind of robot tech called the moose and I want it to be used instead of these, you know, uh, patrol droids that Chappie is and everything else. And he tries to, you know, he gets that, that egotistical thing where he wants to ruin Dev Patel in a sense and, and everything he's done. It's just, I think I felt he was kind of a little bit of a caricature in a sense, but I mean, you know, here's the thing. I enjoyed it. And I think that the th- people have to realize that the Bloom camps coming off with aliens it's going to be totally different. He can't set it in South Africa really anymore. You know, it's going to be in front of pictures. What it looks like it's going to be set in a contained bottle filmed thing, just like it always should have been. You know, it's funny you talk about uh, AI and robots and stuff, because actually coming up on what we're reading, uh, we're going to talk about Descender from yep. Jeff Lemire and Dustin Wynn, which is very similar themes, but totally different concept. So that's going to be very cool coming up as well. But that's not all you did. You had nope. uh, you went to a galaxy far, far away as well. <laughs> I did. I actually went to Target and bought the Star Wars Complete Trilogy. No, not the prequels because they don't exist. The 4, 5, and 6, New Hope to Return of the Jedi on Blu-ray. And it was, it was really cool because it was $34 and it came with both the Blu-ray version and the DVD ber- version. So, James, if you want to borrow it, let me know. I'll let you. I'll bring it in and let you borrow it. Already got it. Already got it. Okay, good. <laughs> <laughs> but I watched, and of course, our angry fat guy, Cody, I invited him over to my apartment. He brought his son over who hadn't seen the original trilogy yet. So How cool is that? That was really, really cool. Um, so, Cody is – and the thing is, is here's the funny thing. Uh, I'm going through this dieting phase and I'm trying to – and I cut out fast food. Cody shows up at my door with a shit ton of McDonald's. I don't care what diet you're on. When somebody walks in with a giant bag of Mickey D's, you are not on your diet no, anymore. I, oh, no. He's like, hey, I got us each a 20-piece McNugget, a couple cheeseburgers, and a bunch of sauces. And I'm like, you are a god, sir. Because it was my cheat day, too. So I'm like, why the hell not? You know. But, no, it was fun just sitting there and watching the uh, – um, sitting there and, and watching the the old trilogy with his son and just, you know, talking and just having a great time. Now, I will remind you that these are the remastered versions. So, yes, Greedo does shoot first. And, yes, Hayden Christensen is the um, ghost version of Anakin at the end. Um, somewhere Adam Rose is smiling. Yes, somewhere Adam Rose is shooting first. Yeah, somewhere he is smiling. But that was my weekend. It was a lot of fun. Very, very geek-filled. Watched a little bit more of the X-Men animated series on Hulu. So, you know, it was one of those weekends where I just sat home and, and just delved into my nerddom pretty much. 
I was kind of doing a little uh, mini marathon of comic book men this weekend too, because I was a few episodes behind, and I just—it's one of those shows where I could leave it on my DVR literally and watch yeah. it again, like the whole season through in one day, because I, I just enjoy it, and it, it reminds me of kind of what we do here, except it's different people, and and they actually have people like Neil Adams walking into their store, and we don't have a store to walk into. So, <laughs> yeah, uh, that's that's not really our fault that we don't have a store to walk into, but we do have Bob at Fantasy Escape Comics and Cards in Virginia Beach. We love walking in there and getting our books from him. So hey, you never know. Maybe we have a little comic book day, comic book man thing with Bob, and hey, you never know because we're ever-expanding here at Down and Nerdy for sure. Yes, and that's going to do it for our first segment. Coming up next is what we're reading. We've got a couple new comics, and we're going to be talking about them. As James said, one of them is going to be Descender, so stay tuned. We're Down and Nerdy coming up next. Well, it's that time, boys and girls. we got those long boxes. It's time to discuss what we're reading this week. We're actually doing one comic, James. It's actually one of those weeks where we actually did the same exact thing this time again. Well, it's kind of a big deal because this comic's been teased for a while now, and it's already been picked up as a feature film as well. So how could we not do Descender Number 1 from Image Comics? Of course, Jeff Lemire writes it. Dustin Wynn does the art and letters by Steve Wands. And i got to tell you... When I first opened up this book yeah. and saw the art, immediately I was refreshed because I was like, wow, how different is this? Well, yeah, because the art is done very watercolor and, and colored pencil s style. And it's very – like, it was a breath of fresh air because um, when you read comics nowadays, they all have the same digitally you know, pristine look to them. This one, it's like, okay, you know – we're going to do it totally differently, and they did it, and it, it felt really awesome. Like I liked, you know, I mean, we'll get more into the writing in a little bit later, but the art in itself, Nguyen did a great job of just giving me that that breath of fresh air, especially the part where you see, um, you, where especially the part where you do see uh, the Tim Twenty One start to kind of branch out into his android-esque form. It was pretty, pretty cool. It was funny, that that's that panel where he kind of gets scared uh, scared by his own, I guess, dog bot, you could kind of call it. Yeah. Um, and he kind of freaks out, and you see his robotic side start to kind of jump out a little bit before he sort of reforms after he gets done being startled. I thought that was a very, uh, very interesting thing. But before we get too far into this, I want to let you know it is a story that takes place in outer space. It actually takes place in a part of the world called the United Galactic Council, and there's a planet called Niata, which is actually the hub of kind of technology and the cultural aspect, and there's over five billion people yes. on it. And it kind of centers, the story kind of centers around uh, a Dr. Jin Kwan, who's actually a robotics expert. And it kind of starts out where there's a little bit of trouble and the military calls him up. Yeah, and you see that, and you wonder, like, okay, what's going on? Now, mind you, prior to him being introduced, you see, you know, somebody, people walking and everything and saying, oh my God, what's that? So he looks outside of his window and sees there's just blood everywhere. There's just been people been slaughtered everywhere. And it's just one of those things are like, oh my God, what has happened? And then come to find out, um, there's these things called harvesters, which are pretty much the size of Galactus. And they look like the Iron Giant. And they're destroying these people because they've killed, as the comic player points out, they've killed pretty much 4 billion of the 5 billion people that live on uh, Nerada. And it's just, you know, it, it was pretty interesting. And it reminded me a little bit of the beginning of the J.J. Abrams Star Trek movie, the first one. Yeah, and it's funny because that ends up leading to a kind of a backlash on on robotics by this uh, by this world. And over a 10-year period, they basically, it was like genocide for robots. They just start destroying them left and right but then we have this tim bot who kind of wakes up after a 10-year shutdown somehow and to find out his mining community has been slaughtered as well well they've been slaughtered it's more of the there was a gas leak and it killed pretty much everybody there so he's you wake up like wondering where his mom is and everything else and again he's asleep it's it's 10 years after um the slaughter happened uh on nerada and he's on this mining colony called Dirishu 6 and he's the only person there mind you too um, and like I said he finds he's a lone survivor of his colony now here's where I get kind of confused and kind of bothered by the comic there are some cons in here so the beginning is pretty cool like the beginning starts off okay I'm, I'm in here but I found some of the dialogue James pretty confusing and a bit boring because a good layer of the part of the comic is talking about 
codexes and the similarities of the harvesters and the Tim 21 who was supposed to be these companion droids. And it's just, it felt like, oh, okay, it's just your typical missing link story where one thing for humanity, you know, uh, can alter humanity and for the good or evil. And it's a race against time to get this one thing. Who's going to get to it first? And, and, it just I, the dialogue. I felt like we're both nerds, but I felt it kind of a bit overpowering. It's kind of like sh- listening to Sheldon from Big Bang Theory give a speech. I actually kind of think that that well, they kind of created a mystery as to why the Timbot was able to be saved in the first place. Because remember, they talk about how there was actually a couple of shuttles missing on that planet. So clearly, they kind of hid this Timbot away. Somebody did to make sure it wasn't part of the robot calls, as they call them. So there's kind of a, okay, why is that whole thing happening? And maybe somebody found out the link between that and the Harvester, and they're like, well, th- he's just a kid, so we want to kind of save him from this. So I think that's kind of where the intrigue comes in. You're like, why was he, for some reason, spared? Was it because he was a kid, or was it because somebody found out this link? And I think that you kind of had to do that to keep the intrigue going. Right, and well, here's the thing, is that they, you know, my thing was just with the dialogue, pretty much, and... I was kind of, it kind of confused me a little bit, and I was just like, okay, this is just too much in a sense, because like, and the thing was, I understand that that you know, Tim Twenty One isn't the only character. Of course, his appearance mostly gonna be based around him, but the thing is, you got the whole military aspect of it. But I would kind of like if it was more just with him, and we'll see what it's like in the more issues that come out. Well, um, I think I think one of the things you that was you were probably bothered by, and I kind of agree is uh, it was kind of the back and forth between Dr. Kwan and the uh, Tesla woman from the from UGC, where it was kind of like, it was almost like there was some unnecessary stuff just sort yeah. of thrown in there. It's almost like, okay, so she's really, really particular about her name, and Dr. keeps saying it wrong. I'm like, was that, you know, did we have to do that? Or are we just trying to paint her as a, as a lady douche? What are we doing here? <laughs> but this kind of falls also as a great pitfall of mine, which is... Um, it has the whole, this guy was such a, one of the greatest minds and something bad happens. And now he's yeah. living in filth and it's, and, and he's has to regain his reputation again. Yeah. I, I agree with what you're saying. I mean, I, I'm kind of sick of that too. It was kind of like the whole Tom Cruise and minority report kind of, kind of thing. It, it was very similar to that. And, you know, there's kind of a, a cliffhanger at the end where, you know, obviously they're going after this Tim bot after they find out the link between it and the harvesters and something happens. But I mean, like we said, the art, very pastel, very, very cool. I thought that the writing was pretty good overall. So the question left now is, Nick, what is your rating for this? Well, if I'm Sony, I'm a little bit nervous. Only because I wanted to pick up. I don't want to go into the same pratfalls as, the, like I said, as I much mentioned earlier, the whole there's there's one thing that can save humanity thing. It's a race against time. I don't want to fall into that. But for me, this is a pickup. It's not a poll. Honestly, this was really close to being a drop for me because uh, if I felt that the the writing in, towards the later part of the comic was very very heavy um, and and confusing a little bit, uh, but it's a pickup. I give it three issues. It's a three dollar book, so it's not bad. Um, I give it three issues. Three dollar book is definitely a selling point. I think in this because it was a pretty big book for three bucks and there wasn't a whole lot of ads thrown in it. So I think that value wise, you're getting a lot. Uh, I got to tell you, it's a pull for me only because I like, I kind of like the science that they threw in there. Uh, I want to see where it goes. Uh, I loved the art by Dustin Wynn. I think that was one of the big things for me because it's a nice change of pace in what you would normally get in your pull. So I kind of like that. It breaks it up a little bit. And I do think that the writing was good enough to uh, to keep it moving, but I do want to see how much of a forward, moving forward point they have an issue to. So for now, at least, it's a pull for me. All right, well, that's going to do it for this week in what we're reading. Coming up next, we're going to be discussing powers and this week in Geek Tamit. Stay tuned. More Down Nerdy coming up next. Get out those laptops, nerds, because it's time for this week in Geek Tamin, and it's the streaming version, because Nick, on YouTube this week, Sony and PlayStation Network decided to leak the first episode of Powers a little bit early for free. They did, and mind you, this, this is a show that at um, E3 a while back, they said that uh, they were going to do on PlayStation Network, and uh, was it Brian Michael Bendis? is one of the head guys for it. Now, remember, Powers was based off, of, I believe, a comic back in 2000. Um, and from what I've been seeing on the comic comments, 
this is pretty much a very close adaptation of the comic. Like a very, uh, I don't want to say shot for shot, but very close adaptation. I didn't read the comic. I don't know if you did, James. Uh, graphic novel, I should say. Uh, but this involves uh, Chartel Copley, who used to be a power. And for people who don't know what powers are, they're pretty much another word for superheroes. And they have this what's called the Powers Division. It's set in Los Angeles. And it's, just, you know, your typical uh, cop show, but um, for superheroes. And it's revealed that he used to be a, a power, but he ended up losing his ability to fly. He's actually called a uh, power called Diamond. Um, and he now has a partner and stuff like that. And it kind of follows that and just his, maybe his want and need to get his powers back. And, well, he had a partner in the beginning anyway. <laughs> yeah. And mind you, how stupid, I'm sorry, but as a cop, you gotta be more smart. I'm not going to say how he dies, but you gotta be a little bit more smarter than that. When somebody tells you to do something and then you don't do it and you know, you're dealing with somebody with superpowers and you don't have them. You shouldn't be that sloppy. Let's just put that, yeah, let's just put that out there right now. And you're right, how he dies was a little bit goofy. Not going to yeah. lie. I mean, I mean, maybe that's a, a bad thing to say on my part, and maybe the words aren't quite right there. But, I mean, the way he dies, yeah, it's it's a little bit goofy. But I, I, mean, about the, well, I know about the way he dies. I think the reason why he dies, what causes his death, is kind of like really, man. Like, like really, like you're a cop and you're gonna you're gonna do this. Really, right. you're, you're that arrogant when you're dealing with somebody that has superpowers that you don't have. I mean, what's wrong with you, dude? You know, again, he gets this new partner who comes in and she's this, you know, rookie kind of has a little bit of an attitude to her in a sense. And and I'm just to say this too is the scene where Mar with Mario Lopez, where he's pretty much giving you the whole backstory of what's going on instead of just letting it play out as yeah. I think it should have. Was very unnecessary. Yeah, what the hell was that? And first of all, how is Extra going to have footage of a cop being murdered inside of a police yeah, station and just show it, by the way? It's fucking Extra. It's not like you're watching CNN and, and stuff like that. It's Usually they're talking about who's getting bikini waxed on a Thursday, yes! not this. Yes, and it's are talking about Kim Kardashian's crevices. Um, but no, it's just, I'm like, wow, like you guys could have thought of some other way to do this now mind you my thing is this is that this doesn't have a huge budget so my guess was maybe they were looking for somebody to maybe i don't know so they picked mario lopez well no i'm <laughs> saying maybe they picked like a, a a show or something like that maybe who could help them with some funding or maybe mari povich would have been better <laughs> <laughs> yes when it when it comes to the death of the cop you are the power yeah, see, exactly. That would, that actually would have been funny. But no, we've got random Mario Lopez appearance. So, hey, whatever you want to do. And I got to tell you, though, going back to the whole partner thing, when he gets the new partner, yeah, I wish they'd find another way to not go with the typical, I've got a new partner, so I'm going to be a dick and we're not going to yeah. get along right away dynamic. How many times do we have to see that before somebody comes up with a better idea? See, the only way that works is with dread. Like that, because right. dread, because dread is dread. That's so he gets so he can get away with being a he dick hates to his partners. Everybody, yes, <laughs> he does. And but I mean, the fact is like, it, it was like okay, he loses his partner, and then the cop, the new his new partner comes in, and he's all kind of like, it felt detached. It's like, dude, your partner just died, and it's like I understand you're you're, you know, getting over it, but still, man, like it's it's just ah. And I, when I was watching this now, you know, let's progress a bit further into the episode because this is a 53-minute <laughs> episode. Um, we find out that he was part of this team. And of, as always, as they get older, they go their own separate ways, kind of like in Watchmen in a sense. Right. Um, and I'm not going to lie, dude. I was trying – it was kind of like when I was watching Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., I was like, when is this going to be over? It's funny. I did the same exact thing. When I was watching it, I got about – I want to say 13 to 15 minutes in. And you know how sometimes when you're watching something, you feel yourself kind of drifting and you know, you're taking out your smartphone, you're checking Facebook, facebook.com slash down nerdy, or I'm thinking, hmm, what books am I going to pick up at Bob's at Fantasy Escape Comics and Cards in Virginia Beach tomorrow? I, I don't know. I just felt myself drifting away. And then there's the whole investigation of the murder, which happened to be uh, one of his former powers friends, Olympia. But here's the thing that bothered me. First of all, it's a younger girl. Yeah. I'm just kind of like a wannabe superhero. We find out more about her later on in the episode. And the fact that they did the whole, you can get a dose of powers from a blowjob thing was like, <laughs> wow, yeah. really? Yeah. 
Yeah, like that's really. People, yeah, that's why people want to have sex with superheroes because by fucking them, mostly like male superheroes, you get powers. Now, granted, that's an angle people haven't really taken before, so I'll give them credit for that. But yeah. I don't know the age of the girl and the guy, and well, I'm not saying well, there's no, mind you. She, you know, I don't, no, mind you, I don't think she was. She wasn't the one that had sex with with him. They certainly implied it, though. Yeah, but still, I don't think she was the one that had sex with him, though, dude. Because she, remember, because she was talking about him being gross and old and all that stuff, and then she talked about trying again, well, so... Well, remember, she sits on the couch with him, and it's kind of had that whole angle. I don't think that she was sleeping with him. Anyways... It was just, uh, there was a creep factor there. Yeah, right? it was a creep factor to it, because remember, the guy, they also say the guy's like seven, in his 70s, too. Right, and I'm not saying that she was underage or anything like that. That's no. not the creep factor I'm talking about. It's just that, you know, like, she's like 20 and he's 70 kind of thing. That yeah. That's a little creepy, I'm sorry. Yeah, but, um, no, and then you had the whole thing with Eddie Izzard and his character, Wolf, who... I'm sorry, but they just completely ripped off Silence of the Lambs with his character, I think. It just kind of seems that way, and it, and then it turns out... Do we spoil it? Do we talk about what... Well, uh, this is Geektainment. We do spoil stuff, so... Okay, so then we find out that he basically has uh, Diamond's, Christian Walker's powers, and he's kind of holding them hostage a little bit, because he's the one that stole his powers in the first place. So I'm like, I don't know. So it's like, and then there was like a pseudo mentor relationship. They were talking about a little bit yeah. later on. And I mean, I get that they're, they're kind of focusing on his struggle about not having powers anymore. And now he's a detective instead of a superhero. And we see a lot of that imagery uh, throughout the episode. And that seems to be a main focus as it should be. But it, there was just a whole lot of weirdness, I'll say, in this entire episode. Yeah, it was very, very weird. And, you know, like I said, you look at this and you watch it, you get that other villain in there as well who can pretty much teleport and stuff like that. I thought the way that he killed that one guy, though, was pretty interesting. Yeah, I that was cool. That was cool. I'll say, I'll give him that. But, like I said, I was watching this, I'm just like, you know, when we talked about this with the Power Rangers fan film last week, we understand that it's a darker show, and we understand it's uncensored, but the swearing felt so out of place. Yeah, and to me, I don't know about you, but... And I don't mean this the way it sounds, because there's a lot of good ones out there, but did this kind of feel fan filmy to you? It did. It really did. And I it, only say that because we're talking about Sony, and the, you know, even though there's a small budget, there's, a, there's an expectation of it being a little bit of a step above, but, I mean, like the Harley Quinn fan film that's going to be part of our main topic a little bit later on, seemed like the production quality was better on that. Or at least on equal footing than it was here. That, and I'll say this, the acting felt a lot better with the Harley Quinn than it did oh, with definitely. Powers. Oh, definitely. Yeah, I agree. And now I've seen some comments. Now, here's what we're getting into right now. I've seen some comments people saying, well, you know, as you get later into the episodes, you know, it gets better. Now, mind you, this is the pilot. We do have the whole thing of, well, the pilot is a pilot. It right. It is that. Right. So, but here's the problem, though. The rest, the the rest of this show is on PlayStation Network, but it's PlayStation Plus. You have to have to watch it. Right. This was supposed to be your hook. Yes. So here's the thing: it's not like it's on PlayStation Network. You can just stream it for free, which would be totally different. You have to pay for this thing. And I'm sorry, but it didn't grab me to the point of saying I gotta watch this. I gotta pay for this. I felt the same exact way. I mean, was it was it an interesting show? Did they have a couple of interesting things? Sure, but if I'm drifting away and your pilot that's supposed to hook me to make me want to buy your product, that did not do this for me at all. It it didn't. And so now you know, we talked about it. Now it's time for us to give our ratings, James. So what would you do? Would you you know how did you want to do the rating? Would you pass on this? Would you maybe you know? Because the thing that's tough is you can't really rent it because you have to, like I said, buy PlayStation Plus for this. Here's so. the deal. If it was free, uh -huh. I'd probably give it another couple episodes. But if you want me to plunk down money for this, I'm, I'm out. Right. Or maybe if they said, you know what, um, we're going to do the Because it's only 10 episodes. So they say, you know, we'll do the, first, the whole first season, at least half the first season. You know, up to the first five episodes, you can stream for free. Yeah. But after that, you got to pay. Yeah. Where's my cliffhanger to make me want to buy another one? Yeah. There wasn't um, one. For me, I'm going to pass on this because it is, and it's, you know, it's not because I think it's horrific, but the thing is, it's like, I don't feel like paying to get the more episodes. Right. Like, you know, if this was like I said, if this was stream the first half of the season and then the other half was you got to pay for it, maybe I would think about it. But the fact of the matter is, uh, nah, man, I'm, I'm going to pass on strictly for that monetary reason. 
I understand that, and I think we're both in the same boat there. So that's it for this week in Geektainment. Coming up, whole bunch of nerd news to talk about, including Supergirl, Ghostbusters stuff, and a lot more up next on Down and Nerdy. And it's that time, nerds and nerdettes, where we go around the interwebs and discuss the top stories of the week because it's time for what, James? Nerd, nerd news! news! And we're going to start off nerd news with some breaking news, and we're going to do it by quoting the great SNL lounge singer Nick Winters. We're going to start the second with Star Wars, nothing but Star Wars, give me those Star Wars, don't let them end. Ah, Star Wars, if they should bar wars. Please let these Star Wars stay. <laughs> and they're going to stay forever, James, because uh, oh, they God. made a big announcement today, uh, Disney did, about Star Wars. The, well, first of all, the first ever solo here on Down and Nerdy. That's, uh, that's good stuff right there. And Felicity Jones with the first ever female star of a Star Wars film because she was cast officially now in the first Star Wars standalone film that's going to be called Rogue One that is actually going to come out December 16th of 2016. But that's not all, Nick. No, so this morning in San Francisco, Disney chairman CEO Bob Eager hosted a shareholder meeting at the Palace of Fine Arts where he announced that Rogue One is going to be a title for the first film, a unique series of big screen adventures, which of course explore the characters' events beyond the core Star Wars saga. Now, of course, we know it's going to be directed by Gareth Edwards. And of course, as James mentioned, we have Felicity Jones. And, you know... We can go into the producing and stuff like that, but also they announced episode eight's going to happen as well, and that Ryan Johnson will write it. Yeah, exactly, and of course it's going to be called episode eight. We don't have a tagline for it yet, nothing nothing fancy like The Force Awakens, but here's the interesting thing. They're actually going to release it on May 26th of 2017, which is actually a few weeks after the release of Guardians of the Galaxy 2. Yeah, that, and it's also 40 years and a day after the release of A New Hope in 77. Which is exactly why they're doing it. I mean, I've seen a couple of tweets of uh, people saying, why would you do it a few weeks after Guardians? Well, first of all, by week three, Guardians the top being the top of the box office will have probably fizzled. Secondly, don't you want that historical aspect of it being 40 years later since we're kind of 30 years into the future already with The Force Awakens? I just think it fits, you know, so whether you think it should be there or not for those who are criticizing it, I think it's the perfect move, especially marketing-wise. Think about what you could do. Oh, exactly, because it's called Rogue One. So, I mean, you know, for that's what the prequel one is, I should say. Um, but, you know, with Episode 8, yeah, it's awesome. We don't have a tagline for it. But with Rogue One, you know, it's pretty cool because, again, it's probably going to be like a Rogue Squadron movie, which is actually pretty awesome. Well, they all the, people are starting to speculate, and I can't blame them, that uh, it's going to be based around uh, Wedge Antilles. Of course, we know Wedge was the only one to survive both uh, assaults. By the by, the Rebel Alliance in the Star Wars movies, but the actor who actually played Wedge Antilles in the original Star Wars trilogy was actually asked to come back to reprise his role. Uh, Dennis Lawson, I think, was his name, was actually mm-hmm. asked to reprise his role, and he turned it down because he said it would be boring. So <laughs> I don't think this movie is going to be about him. Now, could it be about his daughter? Maybe, maybe, or I. For my really hoping, it's an Admiral Akbar uh, origin story. Yeah, you think it, but it's a trap. Oh, you bastard. Ah, yeah, there it is. <laughs> but no, I mean, I'm really excited for it. And the thing is, you know, you look at uh, what I've been saying, a lot of people have been saying, you know, like, okay, we know the first one's going to mostly be fan service, but after For- you know, Force Awakens, when they do these kind of spinoffs, we want something that's out of the realm of Jedi. You know, we want something that's, you know, something going on or whatever, and... You know, maybe that's what we'll see, but I mean, I hope, you know, we're supposed Boba Fett movie is happening, everything else, but, you know, we'll see what happens. I'm very, very excited for it. It's a very good time to be a geek and a Star Wars fan. I think that people are, you know, we're hoping it was going to be Boba Fett first, and I, I know that there are a few other things that are being kicked around, but it, it kind of got lost in the shuffle of why not explore these fighter pilots that were part of the Rebel Alliance that get, just kind of got shoved to the side until it was time to jump in an X-Wing. So I agree. This could be a very, very interesting film. Exactly. And our next story, James, deals with Marvel and James Gunn. Now, we did mention Guardians of the Galaxy as well. It's going to be going against the Star Wars uh, a few weeks earlier. But Gunn revealed via his official Facebook page that he isn't going to SDCC this year because Marvel will not be this year. So now 
Here's the thing. I think this might be the new norm, and Marvel is only going to attend D23, and they're going to announce their new film editions and talent acquisitions at their own fan event. And here's why, because we saw what they did when it, the whole Infinity Wars and everything else, introducing what I think it was Chalala G4 as Black yeah. Panther. And it's like, this is Marvel. Marvel's are, honestly, I think Marvel's at that point where they don't need SCCC anymore. They just they can do their own thing. Why? Because it's Marvel. And I think that overcrowding at SDCC has has become a problem and expense to go to the entire event is a problem. Here's what I think I, I could see. And let's see if you agree with me on this. Imagine Marvel doing an event of their own, like you said, around the same time, but do it at the Staples Center in Los Angeles. Pack yeah. a basketball arena full of 20, 30, 40,000 plus screaming Marvel fans to, again, do your own thing because Marvel's seen success doing their own thing. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing. Is it's Marvel. They've been very successful at these types of things. Stable Center is a great thing they can do. You know, there's also LA Live they can do it at, too. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And stuff like that. So we'll see what happens. But, I mean, again, I'm not shocked by this. I know a lot of people are like, oh my God, what? I'm like, Please, and I even you know, a couple people will actually post on our Facebook page. You're like, oh, you know, what does this mean? And I'm like, well, think about it. What can they announce at this point? You know right. what I'm saying? Yeah, and it, and it's the thing of why would Marvel want to come to Comic Con in the first place when DC's the one that's presenting all the new stuff? I mean, you've got Dawn mm-hmm. of Justice, you've got Suicide Squad. We're probably gonna have trailers for both of those, and Marvel has already planned out all their stuff and they're not going to have anything, you know, trailer ready or maybe even concept art ready. So why would they want the entire social media sphere to say, oh, DC's winning Comic-Con when they're not really winning. They're just, you know, Marvel doesn't have anything to present. Yeah, that's the thing because with the humans, it got pushed back to 2019. So, you know, what is there really for them to announce? There's nothing really for them to announce. And then our next story, James... Well, I'll let you take the reins on this one because it involves uh, a costume, per se. Yes, and we finally got the full costume look at Melissa Benoist as Supergirl on the upcoming CBS series. And I got to tell you, I am so sick to death of the way nerds react to stuff sometimes. There is so much collective sand in the metaphorical vaginas of nerds. (laughs) Over costumes lately, it's driving me insane. Now you know Nick that you you know you've seen the full body shot. They've gone for the more covered up, conservative look, and me personally, I think it looks great. Yeah, it's like why isn't she? It's like shut up. It's like you know, can we just have a modern take on this costume in a sense and what it is? I like it. I mean, you know, now they did say that it's gonna represent something that I guess her neighbor made for her or something like that. But, you know, I'm looking at the picture now and it looks pretty fantastic. Like it looks great, you know? And the thing is, it's like, remember it's Supergirl. So it's like, yeah, the idea of her being covered up or anything like that, it's fine. It's totally fine because it works. The suit works. People just need to get the sand out of their vaginas. Uh, Mostly I'm talking about the nerds and you know, that's the thing. It's just, I just don't get it. I don't I don't get it. Yeah, here's the deal, people. You don't need to whore up a costume to make it good. I mean, look at the Black Canary costume in Arrow. That's pretty covered up as well, so this is kind of an ongoing theme, I think. Well, yeah, I mean, that's the thing. It's like, you know, we had the Sarah Black Canary version, of course, which was very chesty, and now we have the Laurel version, which is more covered up, which is it's fine. a little, because she's a little less chesty. <laughs> hey, Katie Cassidy is fucking gorgeous so she is she is whatever um but the thing is no i like this i like the look i like everything else. and plus it's like this too it's it's you know this isn't power girl you know what i'm right. saying right See, you know power girl has an iconic boob window i'm sorry but that's what it's called that's it's, it that's exactly it it's the boob window and the thing is is like with the power girl costume she's even said in the comics like i use this to have my opponents pretty much off their game. And yeah, she's a distraction, yeah. yeah. Why not? She's as a distraction in the comics. Uh, but no, it's, again, it's fine. It's cool. Yeah, and the hair thing, too. I mean, so she's dirty blonde instead of blonde. I mean, who cares? Again, she's still going to be blonde. So, And I think the whole bleach blonde thing, is that really necessary? I mean, no. they're already doing that on Arrow with, with Black Canary, you know, with Laurel with the wig and everything, and of course Sarah before that. I don't think we need that again for Supergirl. And I think dirty blonde is fine. Yeah. 
I mean, it, it's it's hair color. Who who cares? I really right. don't care. Plus, I mean, hey, if you're really that hard up for the original Supergirl costume and you want the blonde hair that you want it to be, I suggest you go down to Bob's at Fantasy Escape Comics and Cards in Virginia Beach and pick up any of the fine Supergirl comics, also some of them inked by our buddy Mark Deering, by the way, that you mm-hmm. can read and Bob can just pull out for you. It's just that simple. Now, our final story, James... It deals with Ghostbusters, but no, not Paul Feig's all-female Ghostbusters. Actually, Deadline reported that the studio, Sony, has formed Ghost Corps, a company that includes original Ghostbusters creatives Ivan Reitman and Dan Aykroyd, to pretty much make up some opportunities to help promote the 1984 comedy and build off of it as well. And so wasting no time, Reitman pretty much enlisted Captain America Winter Soldier directors Anthony and Joe Russo to direct and produce uh, the Iron Man 3 scribe Drew Pierce's pretty much all male Ghostbusters run. Now, the thing is, there's a story last week, I believe, that came out about the Russo brothers signing an exclusive first look deal with Sony. Now right. we know which one of their um, things is going to be. Yeah, and of course, they've got Channing Tatum is the name that's being thrown around as the quote-unquote lead for this, even though there's no real leads well, no. in a Ghostbusters show. But the thing is, too, is they bring up Channing Tatum because he's going to be one of the producers as well. Well, there are, they actually also said that they're eyeing him to also be in the film, too, was, was part of the story that came out a little bit later on. So if it is Channing Tatum, who else do we want? I'm thinking Paul Rudd. Yeah, yeah, I mean, people, of course, people are saying Chris Pratt, because, of course, Chris Pratt's going to be up for everything. Chris uh, Pratt is busy. Yeah. <laughs> leave him alone. <laughs> I can see. Why not? Why not throw Jonah Hill in there, too, you know? I, I could see that. I because, mean, because well, can... him and Channing Tatum, because here's the thing is they're a formula team that works because of the 22 Jump Street, like that in 21 Jump Street, it works. Like, that's, I, I think that Channing Tatum has finally found his niche where he plays that, that comedic guy kind of sense. I think that that's his niche in a sense. So what you're saying is is that Jonah Hill is playing like the the Chris Farley role to Channing Tatum's David Spade, even though Channing Tatum's probably more talented than David Spade. <laughs> Pretty much. Hey, we found something Channing Tatum was more talented than. Yay! Yeah, another name I would like to see is Jay Farrow. I would love Yeah, Jay I could Farrow see that. Yeah. SNL. You know, because I mean, they got a couple women from SNL to be part of the female Ghostbusters, so why not a couple of the guys? Maybe Andy Samberg? I don't know. You know, Oh, Andy Samberg, that's a good one. That, yeah, I could see that working. That, I would love to see that. I mean, we'll see what happens, but I'm very excited about that. And this also, I think, honestly, um, happened too, because I think a lot of people um, you know, looked at the all-female Ghostbusters thing, and it's the world we live in. People are like, oh, why are you doing all, all the females and the gender roles and everything else, and this and that. It's like, Shut up. We got an all-males one. Now I can kind of see maybe them maybe putting those two universes together. I know there's rumors saying that it might be – there's the fourth film might be a prequel film that won't have anything to do with the 84 original. So we'll see what happens with that and see what direction they go with. But I'm thinking maybe this is going to be like an Avengers X style thing where you have Shane Tatum and his Ghostbusters mm-hmm. and then you have – uh, you know, uh, Melissa McCarthy and all those female mm-hmm. Ghostbusters, and they come together to maybe fight like a bigger evil or something like that, you know? Even if it wasn't a shared universe kind of thing in the beginning, you could almost, because I mean, we're talking about the paranormal here, you could almost introduce some sort of a time travel aspect to it, or like a ripple effect in a dimension or something and bring them together in, in a sequel. Well, here's the thing, too, is... What if they're not set in the same place? Like, what if there's Ghostbusters stations set up throughout? You know what I'm saying? Yeah, like different parts of the country, East Coast, West Coast kind of thing, maybe. Yeah, man. You know, I mean, you're one minute you're riding a surfboard and you're, you know, Ghostbusting and Slimer and everything else, and it's just fun, you know? It'd be really, really fun. Busting makes you feel good on the water. Oh, yeah, <laughs> and everywhere else. But uh, no, I'm excited for it. I'm, I really can't wait to see. Of course, my only worry though is that Drew Pierce, who wrote Iron Man three, is gonna be writing it. So I hope. Yeah, I was gonna say uh, we can't gloss over that now, can we? No. Um... <laughs> Slimer will turn out to be the Stay Puft Marshmallow Man at the end. No, Slimer will just be a, an actor like uh, uh, from uh, Toxic Avenger. <laughs> so God. Well, that's going to do it for Nerd News, boys and girls. But coming up next is our main topic. We'll be discussing the Harley Quinn web series with who else but director Champ Robinson and also Courtney Lynn, who was Harley Quinn herself in the web series. So stay tuned. It's going to be a great interview. More Down Nerdy coming up next. 
Well, if you've listened to us here before on Down and Nerdy, you know we're a big fan of the fan films. We did a fan film special episode months and months ago, so if there's something good, you know that we're going to jump all over it, and that's exactly what we're doing right now. As a matter of fact, we're talking to the director and the star of the Harley Quinn web series. It's Brandon Robertson and Courtney Lynn. How are you guys doing? I'm doing great. Thanks again for, for coming on. We're big fans of the Harley Quinn web series. People that don't know about it, we've been pumping it up. Facebook.com slash Down and Nerdy. So I think the first First question is, why Harley Quinn? Why not? Harley Quinn is awesome. I've always, uh, I've always loved her character uh, growing up. And basically, when the Batman Christopher Nolan's Batman trilogy started, I'm like, all right, this is gonna be great. And then when they did the Dark Knight, and they announced the Dark Knight, and I saw Joker, I'm like, yes, Harley will be in there. Sadly, she wasn't. So <laughs> at that point. I figured, all right, I want to try and do a fan film. Um, I had I had some equipment that I rented over a weekend from a job I was doing, and I had put out a, a casting call on Facebook. Like I was just joking around. It was for two 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 other women, and I said, which one of these which one of these women would play a better Harley Quinn? And like Facebook voted, and I picked the girl who actually did our trailer. I don't know if you watched the trailer. We did. Yeah, so so I wrote that and we shot that over a weekend, and then, and the response for it was amazing. Like I had no idea it was gonna do that. So then I decided I wanted to do a full web series, um, and at that point I was getting everything together pre-production wise, and the girl uh, Britton, she ended up ha- not being able to do it due to personal reasons and things like that, which I understand we're all doing this for, for free. We're not making any profit off it or anything like that. So we had to find a new leading character, which is what took us so long to do the first episode. But I was excited when I finally found Courtney because she she has she has the look of the character. When I saw her, she had the look of the character. And I could like just see it in her eyes. And uh, then when she read for the part and I found out that she actually knew a little bit of Taekwondo, I was like, yeah, this is it. We have to get her. (laughs) This is happening. So, Courtney, what drew you to the role of Harley Quinn in general? I just really like her personality. She's very quirky. And I I like that she's different from other villains because when... When she's out there and she's causing ruckus and mayhem, she's doing it with a joke. And that's just that's just really cool. And she's just a really lovable character. One of the things that really drew me to this Harley Quinn web series was the fact that you're not just exploring Harley Quinn, but you're going on the Harleen Quinzel side as well. So talk a little bit about what made you decide to do that. And Courtney, let me know how hard is it to balance the Harleen Quinzel side with the Harley side? Uh, I guess I'll go first. All right. Well, I wanted to... I wanted to make sure that I did something different that people haven't seen. So I've seen a few Harley Quinn um, fan films on YouTube and I checked them out and they pretty much all went off of the same thing, you know, Harley Quinn and, uh, you know, she meets the Joker and they do something together. And it's just, it just only showed that one side of it. I thought it would be really cool if in this world we created it as Harleen has disassociative identity disorder and she goes back and forth between these two personalities with Harleen fighting to take control and Harley gaining more control. So I felt like that would be a good um, good arc to play with and after seeing Heath Ledger's Joker I really didn't want to try and do another Joker because I right. love Leather's Joker, Heath, Heath Ledger's Joker. So I didn't want to try and do another Joker because people would just rip it apart. Like even even the first the trailer I did where I had a guy do a voiceover, he did the Heath Leather Heath Ledger's voiceover, and some people were like, "Yeah, not the voice so much." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so so that that was my decision to say, "Hey, what if we what if we created a world where?" We explore Harleen and Harley Quinn, but the Joker, for some reason, is not in the picture right now. And that's when we came up with the idea that somehow 
the Batman and Joker have gone missing. And while Harleen is trying to fight Harley and keep her suppressed, Harley really needs to know where the Joker is. And she's really trying to get out and find the Joker. And the the arc of the season, uh, when you get to the end, is basically, not to give any spoilers, but you'll see that there is a new villain that is trying to take over the streets of Gotham. Ah, very and, nice. And Harley's like, hell no, this is the Joker's <laughs> nice. Yeah, so, so that's going to play out really nice. Awesome. So, Courtney, how hard is it to balance those two characters in one episode? Going off of what Champ said, there there's not a lot of presence of Harleen um, in the comics or the, for sure, not any of the cartoons because I did some some research on YouTube to try to get her Harleen character down and there's just not a lot of it for no. me to go off of. So that being said, it was a little difficult to um, get Harleen, but it was really fun to get into Harley. But the, the balance of it, it was, it was more anticipation for Harley than it was for Harleen. So, Courtney, how long have you been doing Taekwondo? Um, I, I started back when I was in elementary school, about second grade. Wow. And I made it up to uh, a high red belt. And literally all I had to do was take one or two tests and I would have become a black belt. So, Jim, the next question I want to ask you is, you know, we're in this universe of Harley Quinn, as you mentioned, Joker and Batman have gone missing, and there's a new character that's going to be coming in, a new villain. So, my question to you is, after, even after the series is all done, is there, you know, a kind of spinoff you're thinking about doing, or is there other characters you would like to do if you're in, the, in the future, or what's next for, after uh, Harley Quinn? Yeah, there's a, there's a lot that I would like to do. Um, one thing that I, that I really would like to do, and I really thought was done very well, is I don't know if you guys seen the... Uh, the Nightwing. Um, oh, yes. Oh, yes. Yep. Yeah, yep. so I thought that was done really well. So, you know, a goal of mine would be, like, maybe to do some, some cross-branding, kind of how Arrow and Flash does. Wow, like, shared universe. All right. Yeah, yeah. So I don't think anybody really does that on YouTube. So if I could reach out to the Ismahawk. Uh, guy is Mahawk and see if he would be interested and we can make it work. We're gonna to get, we're gonna help you make that happen. We've talked yeah, to those I, guys. We're gonna help you make that happen. Okay, yeah, I think that would be like super dope because when I watched when I watched this, I was like, man, it would be cool if we did a crossover. Like no one would expect it. <laughs> <laughs> that would be very cool. Back to your first episode now because I've watched it several times now and I, I love it I, more I, every every time <laughs> I watch it. So. When I was first watching it, and I had some people tell me this uh, on our Facebook page as well, when you okay. first start out in the episode, one of the first things people were thought, well, what, where's the accent? How come she doesn't have the accent right away as Harleen? But then there was that moment, and it was such a beautiful moment in the episode where mm -hmm. she just flips that switch, yes. and she turns into Harley. Mm -hmm. Now, was that done intentionally for a big payoff moment? And Courtney, what kind of a moment was like? Was that like for you when you could just flip that switch? It definitely, it definitely was there for the payoff. I, the whole time, I did not want her to have the Brooklyn accent. I wanted her to be just normal. I didn't want it to, it to. When Harley came out, like I wanted you to know right away it was a different person and something in her head snapped and it was game time at that point. Courtney, what was that moment like for you when you knew, okay, I'm going to flip this switch and everybody's going to go berserk when I do? It was very cool and it was very hard to get it perfect. It was, because it, I knew it was going to be a big moment, so I had to really put a lot of effort into it and try to make it, make it seem like I'm really crazy just all of a sudden. It was... It was actually really cool to do. You know, the funny part funny part about that part of the uh, of the episode is on the day we were shooting it, she was like, I don't know, I'm losing my voice. And I was like, let me hear you do it. Like, she did. I'm like, nope, still good. <laughs> That's perfect. Let's keep yeah, going. when she said, I'm not weak, I was like, yeah, there yeah. it is. I'm like, it's still good. Let's keep going. Keep going with it. So yeah, I think I think the whole time she was really like excited about being Harley and even when we were we wanted to make sure that the audience can right away react that it's changed. So even when we were doing sound design with my uh with my uh big brother Godzilla's name is Chris Godzilla Taylor, he was doing sound design, we were sitting there and uh I'm like he was playing it 
And I'm like, it needs something to just tell them that just makes people irritated. So we, we made a high-pitched ring when she changed, like a really high-pitched, irritating noise. It's mm-hmm. there for just a second, so it irritates you. When you hear it, it's like, ah, what happened? It just, like, really makes you know that their change just happened there. Yeah, that, I mean, that, that's pretty cool. And like, one thing we I like, too, is that, before, you know, when she's Harley and she's sitting down with what appears to be an is, you know, the calendar man. So, I mean, is that, are we going to see more of that? Are we going to kind of see more lesser known um, Batman villains kind of interact with Harley and Harleen as the series goes on? Yes, that's what I want to do. I want to bring out some of the lesser known people that, that may not enter the big um, DC cinematic universe. Like, even when I, when I started this, the Suicide Squad wasn't a thing yet. Or it right. probably was a thing, but it mm-hmm. wasn't announced yet. And then as soon as I was getting ready to release it, it started getting announced and Margot Robbie got cast, which is a phenomenal casting. Like I think I she's agree. gonna yeah, kill same. it. I really think she's gonna kill it. So um, with that with that being said, I definitely wanna bring out some characters that didn't get as much shine. Um, we actually have a couple characters that are that are new, but not really too new to where it makes you weird like why is he there you know what i mean right right okay um we do we do have i don't, I don't want to spoil it but we got we got a couple surprises coming up coming at you surprises are always good now yeah. you, you talked a lot about the source material and i've seen your costume design it's very cool but it's different and i want to ask uh, courtney this question especially as well because she's the one that had to take on the role of harley quinn and now people are very picky when it comes to harley quinn so how do you balance being original with being true to the source material courtney and how nervous were you that people were going to give you backlash over a character that people seem to be very picky about you have no idea oh my goodness (laughs) I was telling camp like I'm really nervous to read the comments on YouTube or any of the Facebook things I was I was really nervous the first day it came out and I was just reading through the comments and um, thankfully they were all good and um, I actually read through them very very often I've I've read every single one of them and um, yeah, I was just, I was really nervous that somebody was going to say something mean, and uh, it didn't happen. You know, people on YouTube, and they... Uh, the keyboard really, warriors, yeah, we know them. <laughs> yeah, they've, they've really impressed me in how nice they could be. Well, I mean, it's all because you did a phenomenal job with it as well. I mean, if you didn't do a good job, trust me, people would have said something. And as a big Harley fan myself, I could tell you that you definitely nailed it. Oh, thank you so much. So back to the costume design, just for a second, Champ. What made you decide to go with a design that was a little bit different on the, on that side? Because I know you talked about being original as well. Yeah, I wanted her to have an original costume. I actually wanted to get one like completely designed like from scratch, but I had a hard time with getting a designer on board, and you know, I was I just couldn't find the right designer. So what I did is I looked at a bunch of images on uh, Google Images and YouTube and everywhere. I just looked at a bunch of her kind of designs and, and the way she is, the, the way she dresses. And I kind of took pieces of everything and I jumped on Amazon and went to a bunch of different stores. I did a lot of, uh, <laughs> I did a lot of shopping in the S&M area. <laughs> you're gonna get so many. You're gonna get so many weird suggestions from Amazon now. It's not even funny. Oh my god, my suggestion box was so weird for so long. So <laughs> I did a lot of that, and I, I just wanted to make her. I wanted to make her edgy but playful, which is kind of how she has the leather and the neck strap, and then she also has a tutu. It's like this random tutu she's wearing. Right. And then checkered stockings and stripe one checkered leg, one striped leg. We actually went back and forth. We had a we had that pair and we had a pair where was one leg was red and one leg was black. Okay. <clears throat> so we had a couple different things that I was sending Courtney and she would try them on and say we take pictures and send it back. And you know, we did that for a while. We went back and forth that way for a while until we finally got something that we we both felt really comfortable with and 
I didn't want to go. I didn't want to go with the pigtails because I wanted to make her my own kind of character as much as I can, but still staying true. Right. So we went with the half and half wig, and kind of made it curly. I worked with the hair designer, and we did like a curl thing, and she built that from scratch and the little point in the middle, which kind of gave her a little bit of edge. And um, with the with the mask. I actually just took a picture of Courtney and went and photoshopped and just played around for like a day with a ton of different makeup designs and Photoshop. And uh, finally, when I came to one that I liked, I sent it over to the makeup artist and she did a phenomenal job with recreating it. Nice. So here's a question. Now, if you two had to be superheroes or villains from a different universe, who would you be? Oh, I would, off top, I would be Iron Man. Hands down. <laughs> That was a really quick response. I would definitely be Iron Man. That would be me all day. <laughs> wow. All right, Courtney, what's it going to be? I don't know. I'm kind of liking Harley. That's hard not to. You know. Yeah. <laughs> kind of a perfect character to be, and, you, and it suits you well. So in, in, that, in that vein, you like being Harley so much. So if you could, and get away with it, just kick one celebrity in the face right now, who would it be? <laughs> Oh my gosh. <laughs> One celebrity. Um, it might be Justin Bieber. Oh, perfect choice. <laughs> nice. Thank you. Great answer. I just think he has a lot of potential, but he is so messing it up. And that yeah. would be what the kick would be for. Just awesome. get your crap together, guy. That is an absolutely perfect answer. Now for you, champ. Okay. You could be Michael Bay on set for one day on your wow. show what are you blowing up and why wow you don't know how great of a question that is because michael bay is like hands down one of my favorite guys i know a lot of people throw a lot of hate his way but i love that man oh, what would i blow up because when you're michael bay you just blow up whatever you look at right, right? exactly who doesn't want to just randomly <laughs> blow something up every now and then oh what what have i not seen blown up yet i would have to say I, honestly, I don't know. That's a great question. Like, I could think of stuff like blow up the Statue of Liberty, but we've seen that torn up. That's like this beautiful art museum in downtown Milwaukee that I would blow up just because people love it so much. <laughs> That's for all you Milwaukeeites out there. Right. And I'm from Milwaukee, but and everybody listening to this, they know that that's like a, an attraction. Like, the roof opens up to these big wings and stuff. And it was actually wow. in Transformers 3. So I would blow that up. And it survived that movie, which is pretty amazing. It okay. survived Transformers 3. Okay, so we know that there's going to be an episode 2 coming up. Where can we get more information on the series? And when is episode 2 coming? Do we know? All right, so here's the thing. Um, first of all, thank you everybody who supported it so far. Please follow our or like our Facebook fan page, which is facebook.com slash Harley Quinn web series. Um, also, I just started the Twitter, so that's at Harley Quinn Webb, and James followed me. He was like my first follower in the world. Thank you. Not a problem. That's <laughs> what I'm here for. <laughs> yeah, and as far as this, the uh, rest of the series goes, so here's the thing. Episode two is done. It's in the can. But after the, after the, the big response that this has gotten, and I, I, honestly, I had no idea it would do this well, I felt like I really want to do the character to the best of my ability and, if possible, take it to the highest cinematic quality that we can. So I've actually started a Kickstarter. Um, so hopefully through this Kickstarter, we're trying to raise $20,000. We got a bunch of cool rewards and everything. Hopefully through this Kickstarter, we can get the rest of the episode shot to a high level of cinematic quality and we will deliver it in 4k um this time wow okay wow, yes big. so yeah we're going to deliver it in 4k and we are going to make it you know digital downloads available in full 4k quality and uh we're just going to do some really cool stuff and if we actually if we do hit our goal I will be getting my Michael Bay on. Something is getting Yeah, <laughs> that is awesome. That's great. That's, that's great something, to hear. Something will explode. Okay, Courtney, on your end, I know that you're an actress, but you're also a model as well. Where can people find out more about you? They can go to Facebook, and my 
fan page is called Courtney Lynn. And um, that's where you can find most of my pictures and where I will update most of my stuff. I have a motto mayhem, but um, I don't update that very often. And so I would just say Facebook, Courtney Lynn. Awesome. We'll definitely get on all that and we'll get you, we'll make sure everybody knows about the Kickstarter, the Harley Quinn web series. Of course, you can see it on YouTube. Champ, Courtney, thank you so much thank for taking guys time so to, much to, for to talk on. with us. Absolutely. Thank you. Thank you, for, thank you for having us. And, and guys, make sure you follow Snapchat too, because Snapchat is insanely popular for some reason that I'm still trying to figure out. So, all right. Well, I guess we need to get on that then. Yes, I actually yeah. have Snapchat, so I'll, I'll look you up. It's insanely popular. But Courtney, what's your name? Thumbita. Thumbita on there. It's, yeah, Thumbita. Thumb with the I T A at the end. Yeah, and I'm just right. chat right. five. I see. You guys have talked me into it. I'll get a Snapchat. Get a Snapchat, man. I think that's <laughs> the way the world is going now. You know, it has the shifts. It was like Twitter. Vine, Instagram, now Snapchat. Now it's like, all right, let's keep it going. Well, apparently you can, in the future, look for Down and Nerdy on Snapchat as well. But again, Champ, Courtney, thank you so much for coming on and talk to us about the Harley Quinn web series. Yeah, thank you, man. I really appreciate you guys having us. And I might send you guys some something special for your viewers. We'll awesome. Sneak peeks up. All right, <laughs> awesome. sounds great. Thank you. And there you go, people. There's Champ Robinson, Courtney Lynn. That was a fun interview, dude. It really was. And I, I got to tell you, when I asked her about the whole kicking a celebrity in the face thing, not only did I was I not sure she'd answer, but Justin Bieber, yes. perfect. Perfect. That. That, that was great. That's, and what I liked about both of them, too, is that you know we got some more detail, of course, as what they're going to be doing with the future series, but we got beyond that, like what they want to do. They want to you know, team up with Danny Shepard and Ismaha for that Nightwing series. And hopefully, you know, that happens. We'll see what goes on with that. But no, like they're off to a really great start. And again, I, one thing I like too is the fact that when Champ was like, yeah, she knows Taekwondo. So mm-hmm. I'm like, you know what? Let's do that. And then, you know, it makes it a lot easier as a director because, you know, someone who also directed films, as I did, you know, when you look for like a fight choreography or some sort of physical combat or whatever like that, you want somebody who has some experience, and Courtney does have that experience. I mean, for Christ's sake, she's been she even said she was in Taekwondo since pretty much she was a young kid. So exactly, and I mean, no disrespect to the other actress that was in the that was in the original trailer for the series, but when getting Courtney, that really worked out because she has fit the role of Harley Quinn perfectly. And they're planning so far into the future too, which I love. This isn't just a hey, we're gonna run an episode or two and then disappear. No, they're talking way into the future and and hopefully uh, as we're talking right now of course our show's released on Friday the Kickstarter is here yeah they want to raise money for the Kickstarter and everything else and so you know go check them out with that help them out with that um, but that's going to do it for our show this week. Again, we want to thank Champ Robinson and Courtney Lynn for coming on this week. And, you know, we had a, such a blast. I mean, such a great interview, such a fun time getting to know them. And knowing that Courtney would like to roundhouse kick Justin Bieber, yeah. that would be amazing. And that Champ would like to blow up the Milwaukee Museum of Art pretty much. <laughs> In a film. Let's make sure. In a film. Yeah, okay. In a film. But, no, it was really, really fun. Um, I like that Michael Bay question you asked him. But, th- again, that's going to do it for our show this week. Be sure to look us up on Facebook, facebook.com slash downnerdy. Also, look up the Harley Quinn web series on Facebook as well and on Twitter at Harley Quinn Web. I'm on Twitter at Merck with one arm, James. I'm at James Ace with him. And, of course, always email us your questions and the thoughts on the Harley Quinn web series, downandnerdypodcast at gmail.com. Of course, thanks to Bob from Fantasy Escape. Go see him on air going to Boulevard in Virginia Beach. All the comics and the figures you're going to need. Promise you that. Yes, and don't forget, next week, Matt Slay is going to be our guest. And with that, I leave you with the thing I always leave you with. Practice safe comic book reading, boys and girls. Always bag and board your comics.